Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today. Well, good morning. I'm going to say Merry Christmas. Somebody told me it's too late to say that, but I want to tell you, Merry Christmas isn't a date. Merry Christmas is about your heart. Uh, and so we're so excited that you're here this morning uh, for our special Christmas worship experience. So this morning will be a little different than normal, but we are so thrilled that you are here. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas yesterday. And as we continue the holidays uh, into this next week and spending time with family and friends, that you take every moment to enjoy and savor the things of God uh, and the time with family and friends. So I don't want to spend any more time wasting uh, today. I want to get right into the things that God wants to do and celebrate the Christmas story with you. So let's get started. Wow, look at all these amazing people here today. I I sure am glad that you're here because today's a very special day here at Hillside. It's our Christmas presentation of Away in a Manger. Oh, we're going to have ourselves a great worship experience. We've got live music, we've got great videos, and we've got some amazing people that are going to be sharing the most epic story of all time. The Christmas story. Well, are you ready to go today? Well, then I'm glad to present to you Away in a Manger. Let's go.
So, this is what you want me to tell them? The people, your people who have lived in dark exile all these many years with their, their backs up against some Babylonian wall. It was one thing when you had me tell the king that a, a virgin would give birth. Go back to sleep, my dear. I'm talking to God. Is he listening? What do you mean, is he listening? Well, are you listening to him? You see what I mean, Lord? Even my own wife questions me. Now, you are God Almighty. You do what you want to do. But you want me to tell the people that Messiah is going to be just uh, some plain fellow like one of us? Uh, that he's going to suffer? He's going to die? Why not Moses uh, to lead us out of exile? Or, uh, or King David, uh, the mighty warrior, not some tiny li little... Ah, uh, where is the oil for the lamp? It's where it always... Talking about, Lord, stumbling around. We need a mighty rescuer. We need, uh, we need a savior, not some tiny little... Ah, such a tiny flame, and the whole room is filled with light. <sighs> I am a man of unclean lips. Forgive me, Lord. I will tell them what you have shown me even if I don't understand it. I will trust you, good Lord, in your own good time to, to bring us uh, Emmanuel, to bring us light and hope. Yeah. Light and hope. I'm coming back to bed. I'd like to speak to you about hope today, a word I define as confident expectation of good things to come. The prophet Isaiah is my main text on this theme today. We have hope because we have been given the Word of God. The Bible as our foundation for knowing God, His will, His ways, His plans for us. Possibly the greatest Bible archaeology find of modern times was the Dead Sea Scrolls, made of parchment or leather 
preserved in clay pots found in caves near Qumran in Israel in the Dead Sea area. These are dated at over 2,000 years old before Christ was born. A complete manuscript of Isaiah was found there among the scrolls. Isaiah was called by God to be a prophet and to write of what he heard, saw, and spoke. He had an awe-inspiring vision, cleansing and calling from God when he saw the Lord high and lifted up, whose robe filled the temple. We have hope for the forgiveness of sins in Isaiah 53, 5, which says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Amen. We find the fulfillment of that prophecy as Jesus went about in Galilee, preaching, teaching, healing, and forgiving. In Matthew 1.22, which was quoting Isaiah 7.14, we read, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel which means God with us. This is what we celebrate at Christmas. Jesus Christ has come. God is with us. Isaiah 9, 6, and 7 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, he will reign on David with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. Take heart, have hope, for Jesus Christ will come again, what we know as the second advent. And the government will be on his shoulders as he sets up his kingdom, which will last forever with true justice and righteousness. Jesus quoted Isaiah 61, 1 and 2 when he visited his hometown of Nazareth and the synagogue there. Luke 4, 16, 21 says he went to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, as was his custom, he went into the synagogue. He, was, he stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to Jesus. Unrolling it, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he said, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. We have hope because Jesus fulfilled 
Old Testament prophecies by bringing us good news, setting the prisoners free, healing the sick and the lame, and opening the eyes of the blind. We have hope because we have the Word of God. We have hope because we have the forgiveness of our sins and eternal life through faith in Jesus Christ, who is Emmanuel, God with us. Even today, you can have hope as you put your faith and trust in Jesus. Till he appeared and the soul 
I was troubled about something. I don't even remember what it was. My father noticed and um, he comes over to me and he places his hands on my head and he says, Shalom, son. Do you know what that means? Yes, I nodded. I said, I meant peace. Then my daddy, he, uh, he knelt beside me and he took my face in his big calloused shepherd's hands. And he said, yes, peace, but more. And then he put a finger on my heart. And he said, Shalom, God's highest and most complete good be upon you. That is my prayer. For you, my son. He left his staff with me, and I've looked for it, what he mentioned, shalom, all these years. When the angels came, there was no hint of wind, no clouds. Just stars, so many stars. He showed himself to us <laughs> suddenly. And there was an angel brighter than stars who spoke and said, do not be afraid. I have good news. Your savior has, your savior has been born. And he lies in a manger. Yeah. 
and then quiet, as if the whole world is waiting to breathe. A savior, God's highest and most greatest good for us, for me. And then suddenly, multitudes of angels shattered, shattered the silence, saying glory, glory, glory. God is on earth. His peace on earth. My father's prayers, I've seen Finally, shalom, peace. Peace and shalom. What would it mean to have true shalom on earth? Part of that will never be achieved until Jesus returns and eradicates sin for eternity, and we dwell with him for eternity. An invasion leading to peace finally arrived on a holy night when Christ was born, tracing all the way back to the beginning of time when Adam and Eve first made the choice of sin. Throughout the New Testament, there are some 400 references to peace, not to mention a volume of indirect allusions. While there are various versions of the word peace, the root stems to the meaning it is a peace that is that our identity as a human, our sovereign father. Shalom means God's highest and most complete good upon you, going well beyond a feeling and well beyond the idea of war or chaos. It includes relational harmony that seeks a deep commitment for all that is good and righteous. Moreover, seeking the holiness of God. Shalom is the intended order of creation in the heart of God. The scripture says in Luke 2, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to whom those his favor rests. Then the angels had left them and gone into heaven, and the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what was told to them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed. The reason a Savior was born on that day in the city of David was that something or someone needed saving. The earth and humanity needed saving from sin and deliverance due to our sin. Shalom was scattered and brought in disarray. 
What happened in Bethlehem in the stable was a strategic initiative that was well within the scope of God's plan for humanity, which made a way to lead back to restoration of shalom. What Jesus did on the cross was to fulfill the purpose of why he was born in the first place. He came to restore peace and make a path for us to follow. When Jesus said in Matthew 5, 9, blessed are the peacemakers, he had in mind the goal of pursuing right relationships in a way that reflects righteousness and justice on earth. Peacemaking goes beyond resolving quarrels. It also includes the help of God to make the wrong right and to be whole again. I would encourage everyone this Christmas season to hold fast to the Lord in worship, to pursue right relationship, and to not only remember, but to live in such a way that advances the kingdom and advances shalom on earth. I would encourage everyone that by worshiping our King Jesus, we may find such a peace and live with joy in this season, because our Savior has been born and will fulfill all prophecy, making all that is wrong right. Just like the shepherds were encouraged at the prospect of a salvific king on earth with them and reacted with joy, us too should react with joy at the coming of our king. Revelation 21, 1-4 says this, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw a holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I, saw a I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, a dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eye, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain, or any more, for the former things have passed away. Sing, uh, O come all ye faithful. Stand with us and sing, O come all ye faithful. O come all ye faithful, joyful and
You can come in. He won't bite. He's just a small baby. A little shy? <laughs> That's okay. I am too. Your friends left in such a rush to go tell the world. I think that's how they put it. And what a thing to tell. Did you know an angel visited me too? It's true. And he said that my boy would be great. The son of God. He said that he would be the king of angels. The king of all. Do you think that they'll understand? Do you think that they'll come to worship him? Will they accept him? Just look around us. It's not exactly a palace, is it? Noisy animals. Hey, out of all things for a bed. And that stench for everything that he is. Maybe this isn't enough. I find myself just watching. Adorn him. I thought I knew what love was. Until he came along. My mother gave this blanket to me when I was just a little girl. A gift of love for the trip to Bethlehem. I brought it anyway. The baby needs a blanket. Yes. They will come, the faithful. How could they not? He was born the king of angels. He will be great and mighty. He is all this and more. But when you go tell my young friend, be sure, be sure to tell them he is an incredible gift of love. A gift of love in Mary. The best way to describe Mary is a humble, willing servant, trusting in and obeying God's call on her life. Mary was an ordinary Jewish girl looking forward to marriage. Suddenly, her life changed forever. With one visit of an angel nine months prior to this remarkable day, Mary was a young lady, a wife, and a mother. In Luke chapter 2, verse 16 and 19, the encounter of the shepherds and the angels was described as the following and what happened right after. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there, 
was the baby lying in a manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened, what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherds' stories were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. This incredibly faithful, loving young woman had no problem believing the shepherds as they described in detail the announcement of the arrival of Jesus. Told to them by the angels, these stories would have sounded unbelievable had it not happened to her, Mary, in the same fashion with the angel Gabriel. While Mary was recovering, she welcomed all faithful ones to come visit, share stories, gifts, and praise for God's love for the world, her Jesus. Just as Mary invited the faithful that day, she invites all of us to meet her child and wonders if the world will be filled with the faithful who will love and accept him. And it is reasonable to imagine that Mary's love continued to grow as she and Joseph allowed strangers to draw near and gaze upon the newborn king. In the video, Mary encourages all of us to share the story of Jesus and that he is the incredible gift of love. As found in John 3.16, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes will not perish, but have eternal life. to have the ladies sing Away in a Manger.
be nice and warm. I wrapped you in your mother's old blanket. <laughs> Some start we've had, huh? A 90 mile walk, just so you could get born in a stable. <laughs> you know, if we were back home in Nazareth, oh, I could build you a fine crib. But here, no crib. I have to put you to sleep in the hay. visit from an angel. Mm -hmm. I had to write it down so I wouldn't forget what it said. Joseph, son of David, fear not to take Mary for your wife. For what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. You shall call his name Jesus. He will save the people from their sins. Did you hear that? You will save us from our sins. You will be, you are the Messiah. And I've been chosen to be the Messiah's Papa. I do not know how it will happen, but I'm, I'm done doubting. I want to tell you how happy that you make me. No, it's more than happiness. It's, what did the shepherds say the angels told them? They, they bring news, great joy, yes, that's what it is, it's joy, that's what you bring me. you bring me so Many of us have a, de a deep sense of happiness and joy that we feel. And it's not only within ourselves, but in the world around us. I want you to use your imagination for just a couple moments with me. First, picture the spark in a child's eyes as they open a gift that they were hoping for, maybe even for months. You can physically see the excitement and the happiness, not only on their faces, but in their entire body. Um, now I want you to picture another scene where there's some siblings. And these siblings are reuniting for the holidays after maybe several years apart. Or maybe you can think of a time where you're spending time with someone that you've missed dearly. And I wanna take up our imagination one more level. And now imagine, maybe you've seen this in a video before or you've experienced it, a soldier coming home to surprise their wife and their kids um, for Christmas. And the sheer joy and happiness and all those emotions that come with that event. 
Now, I want you to take uh, those imaginations, and I want you to hold on to them. And we're going to go into Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Now, when I had to read this again, I'm coming up with this little message. I realized something I hadn't really thought about before, and that's how terrifying it would actually be if you were a shepherd. You're, you're just minding your own business, doing what you do every night, making sure that your sheep aren't getting eaten by other animals and aren't running away. And all of a sudden, boom, there's a creature you have never seen before lighting up the night sky. Um, but this sense of fear and of being terrified would quickly change. Back into verse 10, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. So if we go back to what we were thinking about before with our different levels of happiness and of joy, um, there's one level that surpasses all of those. And that's us being in the position that through our own nature and our own actions, our eternity was set to separation from the only true, good, and perfectly awesome entity in existence. We were separated away from the reason that we were created in the first place and our greatest purpose of all, to have a relationship with God. But in these precious moments of the Christmas story, the course humanity was on would be able to change radically as the story of Jesus in the form of a human began. The joy of a turnaround of this magnitude from heaven to hell, an eternal magnitude, this is so powerful. And no other news could be better. No other news could truly bring such great joy. So going back into the story where we left off, a bunch of heavenly hosts, as uh, Jeremy mentioned before, came and started praising God. And there was this exciting, amazing scene. And then the shepherds decide to head out because they need to see this for themselves. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So after the angels appeared to the shepherds and they went, on, and they went out on their own, they did find that joy that the angels had promised them. One of the reasons, though, that this joy could be shared in the first place was that someone had to do extraordinary things what I would say, behind the scenes. Now, normally, uh, when we think of Jesus being born and the person who had to take care of him and go through all these troubles, we think of Mary because Mary is still seen to this day as blessed beyond us. That the woman, and that's not something that would... And then he had to make do helping his wife give birth in very poor circumstances. And through all of this, he served faithfully, even though Mary was considered and is considered the lead role. But it was all worth it for him, and it was worth it for now us, all of humanity, to be able to rejoice in the birth of Jesus because of the actions of someone behind the scenes doing things that might seem small in comparison to others. He was able to let Jesus come and bring us all great joy. So the question I want to leave you with is how many of you can be just like Joseph, that you can let God do his work while you support 
even if it doesn't mean you're always seen as the most important person in the eyes of other people. We'd like to have Jeremy lead us in a silent night. shines best in great darkness. That is a lesson we learned as we traveled many miles in the darkness of night. And I know, I know, nighttime is the most dangerous time to travel. However, there's a great degree of difficulty in following King for royal outer courts of princes and kings, uh, making endless rackets, scheming, chattering, everyone wanting an audience with nobility. And none of that here. No, no, no. Here, silence. Lingering, 
calm, awestruck silence. Here, a newborn, wrapped in cloths and lying in a feeding trough. There were two milk goats standing silently behind him. Chickens pecked on the ground. An exhausted woman and a humble man. And outside, shepherds. Shepherds timidly watching. And all are silent. We dare not say a word. We bow down. We worship. And we gently lay our gifts on the ground. I've spent the bulk of my days searching for the truth of it all. Trying to make sense of this life. But that search, it was different. That time, while we were searching, we were also being led, not, not merely by a star, but by the hand of Almighty God. He led us. He led us to the one in whom all truth rests. He led us to a child, a baby, a king. share a few thoughts about the wise men. First of all, they came to worship the Christ. Definition of the word Christ is anointed one. And as I was looking through this and studying this, um, the root word for the word anointed comes from used as an ointment or a salve or something that is rubbed on. When a king was named in the Old Testament, they would anoint him with oil and give him gifts. And that's exactly what the wise men did with Jesus. They were the first ones to say that Jesus is the king of the Jews. Second thing, look at the gifts that they gave to Jesus. It wasn't just ordinary gifts. It was frankincense, gold, and myrrh. And those were gifts that were fit for a king. They were costly, and they were meant for royalty. The third thing is the Herod controversy. Herod found out about a king besides him that was going to be born. Micah 5.2 says, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who is to be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from the old, from ancient times. Herod got upset because he was king. He wanted to know who this king was going to be. 
because he king in a dream not to go back to Herod. Well, this got Herod even more upset. So what did he end up doing? He ended up killing all of the baby boys in Bethlehem. But Mary and Joseph escaped to Egypt. And what's interesting about this, if you think about this, God led them to a place in the Old Testament that had first of all enslaved the Jews for 400 years. I'd never thought about that before. It had come full circle. Do you remember the Passover? The Passover, was the Israelites were protected as they rubbed the blood of the lamb on their doorpost. The angel of death, if they saw that blood, they would fly over and they would not be affected. This foreshadowed what Jesus came to do for us, that he shed his blood on the cross as the anointed Son of God. This reminds us that God has a plan for us, even in the midst of our chaotic situations. Can you imagine Mary and Joseph wondering, just traveling off to Egypt and, and the chaos going around, and they heard the babies dying and all this stuff? God protected them, and he had a plan. So what can we learn from the wise men? Number one, bring your gifts to Jesus. What is the most important gift that you can bring to him? Your life. Give him your life. He is worthy of our worship. He is the Christ, the anointed one. The second thing we can learn is he has anointed us with the same task to bring people to a place where they can give their life to him. God has given us a task, and that is to bring people to come to know him as their Lord and Savior. He has anointed us to worship him, just like the wise man. And the last thing, number three, what we can learn from the wise men, the wisest thing that you can do this Christmas is just worship Jesus. Put on that worship music, read your Bible, and pray, and let God lead and direct your life because his plan is the best. Can we worship together as we sing Joy to the World? Joy to
we've had a great morning so far and, and we're getting ready to wrap up. I mean, we've heard songs and, and we've heard people say and we've watched videos from all sorts of different people's perspectives about Christmas. But the most important perspective of all is the perspective of Jesus. I mean, the Bible is so amazing. And this morning, God wants you to know he loves you. Jesus loves you and he wants a relationship with you. Do you know that the Bible is full of analogies that we many times don't have a full understanding of? One such item that we, we don't understand very well is, is in the Christmas story. And it's about Jesus and the manger. Do you know the significance of Jesus being wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger? Well, mangers are animal feeding troughs. In, in ancient Israel, they were made of stone. They're not like the nativity scenes we see today. They're not comfortable, but they provide great protection. And that's why the priests would have put their newborn lambs in them to protect them. But not just any lambs, only the unblemished, perfect lambs that were used for the sacrifice of sins. And Bethlehem, where Jesus was born, well, it was famous for these unblemished lambs. The lambs had to be perfect. They'd wrap them in tight clothes and lie them in a manger to keep them safe. This is exactly why the only time mangers are mentioned in Scripture is surrounding the story of Jesus' birth. And it's being told by shepherds. It's found in Luke chapter 2. And it says this, This will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. The shepherds would have understood this powerful parallel. They knew what cloths in a manger meant. This baby would be the perfect Lamb of God, the Messiah who would sacrifice his life for the sins of the whole world. He, he wasn't just a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. He was God. He was perfect, sinless, holy. He humbled himself to become the perfect sacrifice so that he could reconcile us back to himself. The perfect lamb is why we celebrate Christmas. That, that's why we're here this morning. That's, that's why we should come to church to celebrate with each other is, is the fact that it's all about Jesus and the relationship that he wants with us. You know, we're going to do one more song in just a minute, but, but before that, can can I ask my good friend, Pastor Eric, to come up here and, and just share a few words about you having a relationship with Jesus and, and getting plugged into a church family where you can be encouraged, where you can hear the word of God and, and grow in your relationship with Jesus. Pastor Eric, would you come and share with us? Thanks for coming today. We'll see you guys soon. Bye. We've heard uh, the Christmas story and so many different characters involved in the Christmas story. I mean, it goes all the way back to Old Testament and Isaiah laying out what would come to pass. You've got Mary and Joseph and their acts of obedience to, to walk through the Christmas story. Just amazing. You have the, the, these total different perspectives in life coming from the shepherds and then from the wise men, the magi. 
a lot of different perspectives, a lot of different people as a part of the Christmas story this morning. But there's one more very important person uh, that the Christmas is the opportunity present underneath the tree. And it's a relationship with Jesus. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, today we want to give you the opportunity to do that. It's really simple. It's understanding that we're broken. There's something internally in us that is not right, that we cannot make right on our own. The Bible says that we are sinners and we are separated from God, but Jesus came as the perfect gift so that we could have a relationship with God once again. That all of our mistakes, our failings, our failures, the times where we fall down, we try so hard, but we come up short, that's all wiped away. And we're made perfect in God's eyes by this incredible gift of Jesus. I'd like to pray with you this morning, and if you would pray with me if you need to start a relationship with Jesus. Lord, I'm not perfect. I'm broken. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior this morning. Jesus, would you come into my life? Would you change and transform my life? I believe that you are the Son of God, that you are the perfect gift, that you came, that you died, and that you rose again so that I could have a relationship with you and with God the Father. Lord, you can change my life in ways I can't even fathom, I can't even understand in this moment. But Lord, would you come in and would you begin to change my life? Would you show me what's possible following you? In Jesus' name, amen. Well, before you leave here today, we've got one last opportunity. This morning I was thinking to myself, this is the last time that we will get the opportunity to worship our Savior this year together. Because when we gather together next week, it will be the first Sunday in a new year. And I'm very excited about that worship experience. But would you stand to your feet? We've celebrated so much of what Jesus has done for us. Can we close today's service by giving Jesus something? Can we give him our worship? The song we're about to sing is one that we, we probably would associate more around the Easter season maybe than Christmas, but, but to come and worship the King one last time together in 2021 before the clock rolls over into a new year. And there are great things ahead, amazing things ahead for you as an individual, your family, this church. But let's close out this year in a moment of worship together. And then Mike will close us in a final prayer and praying over our offering today. I wanna thank everyone that was such a part, an instrumental part of making our Christmas experience happen both on Friday night and today. What a great bunch of leaders and incredible servants that we have. Uh, so thank you all so very much. Let's worship Jesus one last time together in 2021. Light of the world, you step down
he's king, the king is coming. Lord of lords. Jesus for this opportunity to hear again that story you know we sing that song sometimes I love to tell the story the story of Jesus how he came to seek to save those who were lost that included each of us 
but through God's amazing grace shown to us through Christ our Lord, we've received the gift of eternal life. Lord, we thank you for that gift today, Lord. May we always cherish that gift and give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. And Jesus, we just pray the gifts of, or we do have online giving. If you'd like to give your gifts to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Lord, we just thank you for this Christmas season. We pray your blessing, your peace, your joy to know the love of God for your people, Lord. May they just be filled to overflowing. May their cups be full, Lord. For the psalmist said, my cup runs over. We thank you, Lord, for all your blessings. And Lord, we look forward to the new things that you have shortly to come in the year 2022, the year of our Lord. God bless you all. Merry Christmas. See you on January 2nd here again. No Wednesday night prayer, but be praying in your homes with your families. God bless you. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together lovely. All together worthy. All together wonderful to me. He's the light of the world. Light of the world, you step down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me see. worships you. Oh.